Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. Joining me this week, like always, is the man behind the controls, Stephen Schleicher. Hello. Hey, Stephen. What's going on, Zach? We are wrapping up our Richard Linklater couplet of uh, uh, movies this yeah. week with his most recent release, mm-hmm. Everybody Wants Some, Everybody two wants exclamation some. points. Bump, bump. Yeah. This is a movie that just came out this spring, came this out, summertime? It uh, came out in March okay. uh, at the South by Southwest. Sure. And then it hit a theatrical release at the end of March. And I believe I saw it in like April or early May. So it went direct to video very quickly. Yeah. It had a very limited release. It was, it showed in um, 19 locations on March 30th. And then um, it uh, went uh, to video shortly after that. Yeah. I remember seeing it up on iTunes really short after it had debuted. So yeah, I was really surprised that it had such a limited release. I thought that, especially in the Midwest area, this should have been maybe a little bit more popular with some of the themes that were running throughout. Yeah. yeah. But I guess college film in the springtime is probably not the best time to get kids thinking about college and reminiscing about college as much as it is them (laughs) wanting to get out of college. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so this movie, um, I kind of feel like shares a lot of themes with Dazed and Confused Mm -hmm. and some of the type of characters that we see so everybody wants them follows uh, the main character is this uh, new freshman at a university jake. jake and uh, he's on the baseball team and so the cast of characters is really the like half of the baseball team for this college because mm-hmm. they're all living in these houses together right because apparently <laughs> i forget the reason why they're living in these I, houses I, that are rented by someone else because like their dorm or something it was, was like full was yeah yeah full the or athletic like dorm that. was too full and so they got these two houses that they've rented off campus. And so these guys basically turn it into a party house while their coach is like, there'll be no drinking, no women, no boozing, no drugs. Yeah. And and all the while, the the older team players are like, oh, yeah, screw that. And they're just going crazy. And so Jake is being introduced. And this is, you know, a lot of people, it's interesting that you say that it's like Dazed and Confused because a lot of people say it is the, um, the, the sequel to um, yeah. Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. In Dazed and Confused, we looked at someone who was a pitcher who was going into um, high school mm-hmm. in 76. This one takes place in 1980 when a guy is graduating, a hotshot pitcher, mm-hmm. very much like the kid we saw last we saw. week, yep. coming into college on his first day. And it's interesting that the that they did change the names because it would be so interesting for this to be that sequel of the kid that we met in Dazed and Confused mm-hmm. just four or five years later. 
in his in his college career. Yeah, and it and if you really think about it, it wouldn't necessarily change things that much maybe because you're only bringing over one character. You have to bring one right. more character over because Jake has a friend who played baseball with him in high school, but mm-hmm. he lives like in the punk rock house. Right, right. And so that you don't need to bring one other character over mm-hmm. to really make this film happen. But essentially, it's like a uh, a spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. And but Linklater uh, has said that this movie is more of a spiritual successor to a boyhood boyhood because oh, okay. boyhood apparently. Um, um, or this movie begins right where boyhood ends with a guy showing up at college and meeting his new roommates and a girl. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't boyhood like go into modern times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That, but he's just, you know, he's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a spiritual su- a sequel okay. to that. So it'd be interesting. You know, he Linklater <laughs> equates it more to boyhood than he does Dazed right. and Confused. But I think if we examine some of the things that are going on in this movie, it's almost exactly like Dazed and Confused. Right. A decade later or yeah, more later. Because a, a, a lot of the interaction between the baseball players hinge on how competitive they are and mm-hmm. essentially how macho they can be, mm-hmm. which is a, a definite theme from Days and Confused. And you watch these baseball players essentially just like get pissed at each other and then get drunk or and then like have fun and then they're like just upset at each other and hazing them all the time. And um, yeah, so there's definitely these 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 themes of like macho dudes Right, especially in films. 1980, especially yeah. in 1980. I mean, you're coming right off as as one podcaster will say, this is like um, post or yeah, post Coke pre AIDS. So this is right <laughs> when you know the drugs are f- freely f- uh, flowing, mm-hmm. uh, everyone's getting high and free sex, and it's right before the AIDS em- epidemic really hit hard, where people were having you know free love and sex a- a- any any time that they want. Um, I find this a fascinating movie because while Dazed and Confused explored people trying to find their group. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one really focuses on here is your group, here is your family. Yeah. And it's okay to have friends that are part of other groups. In the case of the um, um, the the uh, punk rock house. Yeah. Uh, where he does still have a friend with that and they get along over there. But here are these baseball players that very easily slip into any role that they want to so that yeah. they can experience that. All the while being mm-hmm. uh, close and and true to their team. Yeah, it's an even uh, a point in the film where they are used to going to this bar, the Sound Machine, which mm-hmm. is this disco thing. Disco and bar, they, yeah. They have this one real tool of a pitcher who's insane and that gets the whole team kicked out. So they're going to go to the country bar and they just simply go home, change some plaid and a cowboy uh, hat, and they go and do the flying or the Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, um, which was weird because. I forgot that's an actual dance and not just something you do at a wedding. <laughs> I was like, why are they it's at a bar doing the kind of Joe? That was weird. But then they do it again when they go to the punk rock show. Mm-hmm. They all just throw on ripped up t-shirts yep. and then go and then um, they make an appearance at a, a, a theater party. They don't much change for that. Eh, maybe a little bit. They, I, think they, I think they Jake change their attitude a little bit. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so they are, it is this group that has the ability to morph. So is that because they think they identify as one thing, but they're really a bunch of other things? And I ask um, that because when you do get into the to the theater group party, mm-hmm. each of, I think it was only three of them that went. Jake and his yeah, two friends, right? Of them. Um, the other two kind of get into it. I mean, one of them agrees to participate in um, one of the the activities yeah, and kind yeah, of really enjoys it. Uh-huh. Uh, and the others are like, "This is kind of okay," and they don't really freak out too much about it. Yeah, well, yeah. I think at the end, the, one of the guy goes, "I went home with that." The dominatrix. She mm-hmm. wasn't a real dominatrix. Right, it was right, just right. a thing. So we right. just had a, you know, we just had a good time. Um, yeah, they do. 
and I don't know if it's a idea of they're just trying to have the best time possible and they think the best way to do that is to just kind of morph into this group mm-hmm. or but I do believe there is and I think it comes out through Jake and his kind of his pithy statements throughout the entire thing of like musing on who they actually are mm-hmm. that there is an extra layer to all these people besides just being a baseball player mm-hmm. which is really interesting to me because uh, in college, it's very easy to spot who the baseball players okay, are yeah, because yeah. they all look the same and they're right, all continually right. wearing their baseball hats. Right. Um, and there's just an attitude about baseball players. So it was interesting to see this because there is definitely a, a baseball player stereotype mm-hmm. that is through this movie. But then they add that extra part of most of the characters to kind of flesh them out more besides just being a baseball player. I mean, right. I mean, uh, what was Jake's like college essay was on like Greek myths mm-hmm. and stuff. So when he like talks about them easily and uh, without uh, like difficulty. Right. Right. Uh, so I guess that, that that's certainly then another way you could look at that is maybe they're all fronting that they are part of this group, but they really want to be part of other groups, whether it mm-hmm. be the disco scene or the cowboy group or the punks or the theater group. Uh, but they all are kind of forced into this classification. So I guess there could be two different ways you look at this, this movie. Yeah. Well, it, I think a lot of it hinges on Jake's big um, speech about his Greek paper at the end when mm-hmm. he's talking to the girl he's, he's fallen in, 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 in like with um, when he's talking about, I don't remember the, the myth. It's about the rolling the boulder up the hill right. and finding your purpose and, and, and rolling it up the hill and being okay with that. And, I, I think that kind of revealed a lot of his character of he found purpose in doing this thing that he kind of was somewhat forced into or just his thing in his box when he found purpose in, in it. But he has other, I guess, sides of his personality. So he finds purpose in baseball? Yeah. Or baseball is a means to getting an education? Um, I think it is a found purpose in baseball. That this over and over again thing he still found purpose in. That was the way I, I kind of read it and reflected on it a little bit, but it's probably worth watching again because it is at the at the end of this this movie in in like really quick bursts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, the other thing that's really fascinating about this is this takes place, doesn't it take place on one night or just over? No, no it's, it's a Thursday, weekend. It's Thursday weekend. to Sunday. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's Monday morning. The first weekend. It's like yep. move-in weekend leading up to uh, the official first day of baseball practice and the classes starting on Monday because, and so they go through a lot Mm -hmm. over that weekend and Jake goes through a lot and he's met this girl that he really kind of digs and he's hitting on her and they go and kind of go out on a date and, and uh, get it on at the end. And then at the very end he goes to class and he just sleeps and it's like, well, you know, he's kind of experienced everything that college is about Mm -hmm. in one weekend. Right. Yeah. Meeting friends. Meeting girls, having fun, having different experiences that you probably wouldn't know before. Mm -hmm. And the actual classroom experience is maybe a lot less important than the social experience. And we do hear that a lot from, um, I don't want to say new age college, but uh, a lot of new thinking in college is that, yeah, you really aren't going to college to learn book learning stuff. Mm -hmm. You're really not going to college to learn a trade. You're going to learn social skills at college and how to work in those social skills later on. So. Mm this movie maybe kind of reinforces that a little bit in places yeah especially in the mentality of the baseball players because their running joke is to essentially make up a major mm-hmm. uh, and just run with it and and the, the cliche is asking someone what their major is instead of anything really about them right and um 
Yeah, so that's an interesting thing because yeah, I don't think Jake actually. You don't ever really find out what his major is. One mm-hmm. of the other, other baseball players says he's going to be a cunnilingualist. Yeah, yeah. So um, they definitely don't take the classroom type stuff seriously, and it's no. more about the baseball and the social aspect right. of the, college. But I don't think any of them, except for one, is what you would classify as a dumb jock, though, because everybody does have their own unique thing that they're into. Mm-hmm. And they all come off as fairly intelligent, you know, college kids, yeah, freshmen yeah. to senior kids. Yeah. That's an, and also an interesting like subversion of the jock stereotype you mm-hmm. generally would see in a college movie of the jocks are portrayed as good at a sport, but dumb as a rock mm-hmm. in classroom. The problem is you can't do that when your entire movie is just essentially jocks. Otherwise, everyone would be stupid and nothing would really, like, right, really right. articulate and interesting. One of the things I found interesting is is one of the one of the characters, one of the teammates, uh, turns out he's ineligible because yeah, he's been great. going around from college to college mm-hmm. and he's like almost thirty, 30 or something yeah, like yeah. that, and he's still passing himself off as a college uh, student so he can play baseball because he just loves baseball mm-hmm. and maybe he's not good enough to play on a major team or anything like that. But I find that also a kind of very telling about this person. And we see this a lot with college kids is they get up to that senior year and they're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, mm-hmm. I'll go to graduate school. Yeah. I'll extend this a little bit longer. Oh, I'll go to another school and pretend that I'm, you know, 20 yeah. so I can play baseball <laughs> a little bit longer and play baseball just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And I found that I found that interesting, too, that you see some of this happening in this movie. Yeah, it is in a sense, like Ben Affleck's character in Days and Confused, Mm -hmm. where Ben Affleck's character uh, flunked, so he had to essentially redo his senior year um, and is still trying to capture that glory of being the top person and and influencing his pain on freshmen. In in the reverse, and everybody wants some, this picture is uh, is just like purposefully going back to school Mm -hmm. just so he can relive that moment of being the pitcher and being like the weird California dude who's given everyone weed and, right. you know, uh, waxing poetic about, you know, like buildups and songs and stuff. Right, right, right. And so he is, it's, it's the same thing, but it comes off in a different manner of Ben Affleck's anger and uh, this pitcher's just like love of baseball mm-hmm. and just what that brought him socially in right, college. Right. That he just can't let it go. So what what other similarities do you see between this and um, Dazed and Confused? I, um, I I think, and I, again, I've only seen two Richard Linklater films. I think it, it, Richard Richard has a hard time writing women because they're mm. not featured prominently mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. any of the films, and if they are, they have qualities of the dudes. Like they are like a dude, I guess, right? And they kind of just like fit in with that group and they're not super different. I think there are like really, really one female character in this. You can like make an argument. Maybe there's a second one, like his Jake's girl's friend. Um, but she's yeah. not like featured prominently really in no, the no, film. No, there's really only one yeah. female. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a stretch to say too. Yeah. And, um, she is essentially there to bring out a side of Jake that you wouldn't see otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I know I believe Boyhood features like uh, women because like one of them yeah, won yeah, an Oscar for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe that's a little bit different. But in th- definitely these two movies don't. I, I definitely definitely don't develop female characters, and they just 
kind of serve as a, a point to develop the main mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Um, so and what I mean, do you, what do you think that is? I mean, I don't I don't know much about Linklater's uh, childhood, but we do know that he has based at least Dazed and Confused a lot on things that happened to him when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they, if uh, everybody wants some is based on anything that happened to him when he was um, um, in college. Uh, I do know that this film was been in production or at least they were trying to make this since 2005. Oh, wow. So uh, I don't know if this has anything to do with things that happened to him in college, although he would have been in college around this same time. Mm. So maybe he didn't have a whole lot of interaction with women. Maybe he is one of these characters uh, in his movies that's kind of, oh, what do I do around girls? What what, what am I supposed to do here Mm -hmm, in these situations? mm So maybe because of that, he doesn't have a lot of of interaction or he doesn't develop his female characters as much as they probably could be. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that the main characters in Azing and Fuse and everyone's some are, you know, in, in a way socially awkward around. Mm-hmm. I think Jake is better than the, in the main character we've seen days confused, but you definitely see Jake like strike out a couple times right. and like not develop the first relationship with the girl he meets. Mm-hmm. And, um, it takes a while for him to kind of get in the groove, and he's definitely that like wide-eyed puppy dog in the back of the seat when he first meets this girl. Um, so I mean, maybe that's the way you know Richard was around women when he was at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, a lot of the other characters are very um, upfront about the sexuality mm-hmm. um, between the, themselves and the other female characters. So it's an interesting play of this. Um, kind of bashfulness around women, but then also this um, kind of upfront sexuality that guys have in their conversations when they're in high school and in college mm-hmm, that he mm-hmm. he does get really well. Right. Do you think characters like Jake and what was the character from from last week? Mar- um, started with an M, right? Um, I forget characters' names. <laughs> yeah, me too. But worst. do you think that these characters are intentionally lost Mitch. characters? Mitch. Do you yeah. think Mitch and Jake are lost because it serves the story or are they lost because this is what the creator is really feeling in these situations? Hey, this is, I was really, I was really lost, dazed and confused when I was going into high school. And then when I went to college, everybody just wanted to get it on and Mm -hmm. do these things together. And it was even a more confusing time. Uh, You know, I mean, it's probably both because it is a good story to have a character confused and disoriented in their situation and trying to figure out the best path to move forward, mm-hmm. you know, kind of have like a, a good life or mm-hmm. be successful. Um, but that's also a way a lot of people feel when they're in these new situations, especially if you're maybe a little bit socially awkward, like mm-hmm. high school can be hard yeah. and so can college because you um, are, unless you have like a, like a, a click or a group, like a team to kind of, coalesce around you are thrown into a dorm and you kind of have to live with a roommate Mm -hmm. and you have to figure out new social structures and so there is this if you're not great at that then it's it's a very you know hard time to kind of kind of move forward and it seems like for jake at least it doesn't do you remember if it said where he was moving from what town he was from no because it just seemed like it just seemed like maybe he was a small town kid coming into a big place yeah. for the first time. And it's like, there's other people. Um, uh, I think the other one was, says, wasn't he a first timer? Was the black uh, kid was the, was also he'd been there for a while. Oh, he'd been there for a while. Cause yeah. I thought there was another freshman coming in at the same time. Not the guy that ran off to be with his girlfriend no, the entire weekend. It was, there was him. And then the guy in the class 
when he falls asleep, they were freshmen. Oh, right. And then the okay. curly haired kid. Okay. With like the braces or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was good at knuckles. Okay. He right. he was a he was a freshman. Because it just seemed like everyone but him just mm-hmm. slipped right into I mean, the other two they they had their moments of some, oh, you mean I'm not supposed to do this? Uh kind of thing yeah. and getting the group in trouble. But um they seem to adapt a lot easier than than Jake did mm-hmm. in this. And so I just found that interesting that our two central characters in both of these films are just really kind of fresh faces that don't have mm-hmm. any, they don't have any swagger. They don't have any cachet. They don't have any um, courage almost, it seems like. Mm-hmm. They don't have, uh, what's another word I'm looking for? It's It's almost like they don't have... It's not initiative, but they don't almost believe in themselves in a new situation. Yeah. And I find that very fascinating. You know, Mitch was definitely trying to find his place Mm -hmm. in high school. And Mm -hmm. it was hard because he was hanging out with all these senior dudes most of the time, right? And and Jake as well. Jake was having a lot and he, you know, he has just a lot of one-off lines of like, Mm -hmm. why are we doing this? Like, why is this us? Like, why are we so competitive and things of that nature? Um, That Jake does seem to... Um, you know, wonder if this is all there is maybe because, you know, I think he says something when they're at the punk rock show of like, you know, look, look at these guys are just kind of like free. And, um, so he's definitely trying to figure out if he made the right decision. It seems like, especially when he meets mm-hmm. his friend mm-hmm. and, um, he's like, Hey, you know, I'm done playing baseball. This is what we do now. Mm-hmm. It definitely seems like he had some reservations about moving forward, even though at the end he kind of says he's like found his purpose or he found meaning inside of baseball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, and that's a hard thing again, you know, if you're coming <laughs> into, especially a small high school coming into a big school, yeah, that would be really hard. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I see it happen a lot. Um, you know, this university here is not a big university, but for someone that comes from a place where you play eight man football and there's only 30 kids yeah. in the entire school, yeah, yeah, yeah. moving to Hayes is a big experience. Yeah, right? I, I mean, mean yeah. I, for me, I grew up in a town of 800 people, mm-hmm. but I was next door to a town of 15,000. I was next door sure. to KU and Topeka and all that. So for me, being around large groups was not weird, but I do know that mm-hmm. there are some people when they go from small town to a big college even bigger than here, mm-hmm. um, they kind of have a freak out and they, they don't know what to do. And, um, they cut loose and they make a lot of mistakes yeah. and you see some of them. I mean, that's the other thing that I was really surprised in this is at least in the weekend that they're moving in, you see people cutting loose, like what normally happens on a, on a first weekend of uh, college, <laughs> Yeah, but you didn't see anybody making major blunders in their life that will affect them going mm-hmm. down the road. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I follow our, our, uh, universities, uh, on Twitter, uh, just the, the university initials on Twitter. Oh, so you yeah. see all sorts of fantastic things that pop up. Oh yeah. And over the weekend it's it nuts. was like, Hey, I want to give props to the guy that uh, sprinted away from the cop. And by the time the oh, cop was trying God. to catch him, he was already two blocks ahead. So it's like, nobody's making those kind of mistakes in these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you see some, certainly some harassment, and some hazing, especially in both of these movies that today would be like grounds for the team to be, you know, kicked out of the college yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, but it's back then it's good, harmless fun. But you don't see people making major life screw ups um, mm-hmm. when they go to a college, especially coming from a small town to a bigger town where they just totally get inundated and, and over their heads mm-hmm. in what's going on. So I kind of like that aspect here that everybody can get along and everybody's kind of watching out for one another. Yeah, it's interesting 
that you mentioned that because in Daisy Confused, like felonies are, are committed when they're like oh, yeah. destroying all the mailboxes yeah, and throw a bowling ball yeah. through a guy's car window. Right. None of that really happens here. Like they do destroy a house that is not theirs, and um, like. After that big part, of well, the but giant that was, that hole was because the of the that was because of the waterbed, right? Yeah, no, there was a, after their like big party on the second floor. You could see like something went through a window. Oh, right, and right. there was like a but yeah. Besides that, like for college houses go, uh, I've it been into, I've been in some pretty bad college houses. Yeah, I've yeah, lived yeah. in some bad, bad yeah, college yeah. houses, so it really wasn't horrible. Um, that is interesting. That like, the worst thing that could have happened to him was like a coach walk in, which was mm-hmm. what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Like there was never like really bad repercussions for anyone in this film, which I guess is fine because really, I mean, you're living in a time when it was all legal for them to drink and you right. know, it was good. So um, there wasn't any of that real um, anything they were working against. There was no like opposing force for them to overcome in this film besides mm-hmm. essentially maybe like their own existential angst of like who they are. Right. Right. Um, which even that is not big is just is interesting. I really dug this movie. I liked it a lot more okay. than Days and Confused. Okay. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was funnier. Yeah, I think it was too. I mean, I kind of felt it, with Days and Confused, I kind of felt like, wow, these people are just really horrible to one another. Yeah. Here there was a lot more love and a lot more, hey, we're goofing around yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it, so, yeah, I could see why this one you would like a lot, a lot better. I enjoyed this, but to me, I it was like, oh, well, this is the same theme. This is the same. Mm-hmm. This is the same overall concept mm-hmm. that we saw in Dazed and Confused. So when I watched this, I was kind of because I was super excited about seeing this. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I was kind of like, well, I've kind of already seen this movie. Yeah. I, I, I think there that thing you mentioned, like they are rough on each other, but mm-hmm. there's like this this love between all the characters. And I thought that was more evident in this movie than Days and Confused, mm-hmm. which I liked because there is um a tendency for dudes to to be like that to each other. But right. it it's like masking emotions that they're not comfortable of displaying to one another. Right. And I think that was really evident when like this crazy wild pitcher who just like talks this huge game and is just is just crazy weird, right? And he got the team pushing out of the bar and finally they're playing baseball. And he's just talking on this dude who's like an MLB prospect. So he's like, he's throwing the heat and the dude just rips a home run mm-hmm. off of him. Mm-hmm. And he gets so mad and, and all this stuff. But eventually, after a while, the guy comes up to him. He's like, hey, it was a nice hit. He's like, okay, we're cool. And I, I, thought, I thought there was enough moments like that where you watch these dudes be angry and mad at each other because mm-hmm. they're super competitive. But then let their guard down to show really what they were feeling. And they are essentially this this weird sports collective family. Right. And they're going to be hard on each other, but they all like each other enough. And mm-hmm. I liked that he was able to show that side of the dude relationship instead of just a macho beat your chest type stuff right, that right, was right. most of Days and Confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. No, I can totally see that. And I was going to say, you know, it'd be interesting in another 20 years to see what Linkletter's take <laughs> on you know, what happens after college, Mm -hmm. right? But I think we've already seen that in Before Sunrise where these two Americans meet each other in Vienna and spend the night together exploring and talking and getting to know one another. That would Mm -hmm. be your backpacking college kid um, kind of story. So maybe we've already seen that, Mm -hmm. what happens after college. But I kind of want to see his take on, you know, that first job, that first experience of, okay, I've graduated now what kind of thing. Yeah, because that is an equally weird situation to enter. Mm-hmm. Because in high school, you are you 
if you, you move, go, you move, you, get a, you, you kind get of, a crap job, right? And it doesn't matter what you do at a crap job. Oh no, I'm saying like if you enter high school as a student, like you coming in with a class, so you were sur- oh, still right. surrounded by friends. Mm-hmm. You move into college, and you might still have some friends, mm-hmm. but you're gonna kind of get a group of people that if you live in the dorms, you're gonna like live with and go right, to these classes right. with. You go to work. It's not like you're going to work uh, for most people, like surrounded by your friends, especially mm-hmm. when you start. Right. And even then, they're like a coworker, or not like it's people you go hang out with generally on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just a weird different relationship where you go and you spend a lot of time with these people and then you go home mm-hmm. and then you see like the people you want to hang out with most of the time. Would be, it's I an think, interesting relationship. So it would be interesting for Linkletter to explore that, I think, because, and then this is typically what happens, right? You get out of college. Yeah. And you go and you're into the real world for a year or two. And maybe you have some people that you may go have drinks with or whatever Mm -hmm. for a little bit. Maybe you're starting to find new romances, but you're like, oh, man, I miss my college friends or I miss my high school friends. Mm -hmm. You go back and miss them. And then you're like, I don't miss these people at all. Yeah. Right. I think Uh, that'd be interesting to see that take of, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? And then to go and find out that all of your friends are just as bad. mm -hmm. Or worse than where your where your main character is at. I think that'd be an interesting story, and for him to explore that, I think would be probably a very unique take yeah. on that on that idea and that concept. But I, I think in I think in twenty years he'd be ready for another. You know, let me Man, let me tell years. you. That's how much time, time. I mean, it was a nineteen. Well, I guess it's true. Nineteen ninety. Uh, what is it? Uh, um, three. Three for dazed and confused, mm-hmm. and it's uh, two thousand sixteen. So yeah, that's what is that? That's Man. 20, 23 years. He shoot a whole new boyhood in that time. Well, he did shoot a whole <laughs> boyhood in that time, right? Isn't that what it is? Ninety three from two thousand sixteen. That seems to be uh, yeah, it's like right. Twenty twenty three years. Man, yeah. that's a long time. Yeah, it's like my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so, what other things did you uh, did you get out of this movie? Um, I don't know. Like, it's not. It's kind of like what you said. It's kind of what it is, you mm-hmm. know. There's not like a whole huge deep level to this thing. Mm-hmm. It's um, especially watching Days Confused right before this is like, oh yeah, they're very similar. Yeah, the same use of music. Yeah, period music. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot more musical sequences in this movie than what we saw in Days Confused. I mean, you've got to spend all this time at the, at the different clubs. Yeah. So we're going to see. Here's a disco sequence. Yeah. Here's a country bar sequence. Here's another disco sequence. Here's mm-hmm. another country bar sequence. Here's a punk rock sequence. Here's a theater group musical <laughs> yeah, sequence. Yeah, I mean, we get a we get a punk rock version of Gilgan's Island. It felt like a really weird extended musical that I was watching mm-hmm. with just all these, mu- I mean, not with people singing, but yeah. with just these musical interludes mm-hmm. um, intercut throughout that if you took those out, this would be a much shorter film and maybe- Probably better. I don't know better. I, I I got about the third time I saw them do one of those. Yeah. I was like, I'm kind of tired of this. Mm-hmm. But I know that they spent a lot of time doing it. So I was yeah. like, okay, can, I can appreciate this. Because they shot this in like a month or two months oh, well. in Texas from That's October to December yeah. of 2014. So it's, you know, it's, it is what it mm-hmm. is. Um, I, I did, I did feel that those sequence kept the pace of the movie along, mm-hmm. but it was, it's such an interesting story structure, and I'm not sure if it works completely. Mm-hmm. Of it is like a really fast, but if it, it's really dense, really first half of the film, right? Like we get like three day, or like two days, a couple parties, a couple mm-hmm. like a couple bar sequences, and then I paused it for a second. I was like, oh my god, we still have like 45 minutes of this movie left. We have yeah. a lot. And so it really the pace of the movie slows down at that point. Like you have a long sequence of them just playing baseball. So I wonder, uh, you know, I wonder, 
the first draft of this film began in 2005. Mm-hmm. He shopped it around all the way through a different, a bunch of different studios. He even left the incredible Mr. Limpet to, uh, to go work on this and some other stuff. They didn't, they started shooting on October 13th of 2014. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they, the last day of photography was on uh, December 2nd of 2014. It was not until 2016 that they released this movie. So this movie sat on the shelf for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was done. This is not a hard, this is a three months after you were done shooting yeah. it, this should be in the theater kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm wondering what about this? And even the release dates bounced around. It was supposed to be released originally in February and then it was uh, supposed to come out in April and then it was bounced back to March. What about this film made it either sit on the shelf or get this limited run or whatever uh, we see a lot of rising stars in here. Tyler Hecklin, who is now the Superman on on the Supergirl TV series, yeah, uh, played the 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 main uh, heavy duty baseball player guy, which was really amazing. If you see the mustachioed uh, Tyler <laughs> Hecklin, I guess yeah. uh, some people may have know him from a uh, Teen Wolf on MTV, mm. or yeah, I think it's Teen Wolf. Uh, and then he goes to this big beefy must mustachioed guy in this movie, and then he turns around and he's playing Superman next, and mm-hmm. doesn't even look like him. Uh, but you have him in here. You have Will Britton. You have uh, Ryan Guzman, um, Blake Jenner, Zoe Dutch, um, Glenn Powell, Wyatt Russell. There's not a whole lot of super recognizable names in this. But you know what was weird is I was watching this with Aubrey, mm-hmm. and she knew three different people. She's oh, like, yeah. Who are they? Well, that guy is like related to Reese Witherspoon, and then that guy's on something, and... It was like some of the characters is on um, Scream Queens on mm-hmm, Fox, mm-hmm. and then Jake did like two years on Glee mm-hmm. as a character. So she actually knew like more cast in this movie than like anything we've ever watched. Okay, which well, is so really weird. That does though kind of fall into this the teen comedy genre yeah. where back in the eighties you would have a lot of easily recognized comedians and other personalities mm-hmm. in these kinds of movies, so that people would go, "Oh, there's that person, or that person, or yeah. that person." So. That's interesting. Which is great because it's like just long hair and a mustache. And like you don't recognize anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just going through some of these other people and trying to figure out what is the movie that caused Paramount to just say, okay, we need to get it out there. Unless, of course, it's um, coming after Linkletter's um, Oscar win on The Boy. Yeah. You just wait a while because that came out. Because Boyhood came out in 2014. August. So it was out before they started shooting this. So, but, but by the time it won Oscar Oscars. It was in, what, January, February? Yeah. They, I would maybe think, that delayed it a little bit, trying to it? press it. Like I guess. doing the press everything. After I guess. doing the shooting for this, you do your Oscar run mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. and, then you, and then you keep running for that a while. But, that, I mean, you still have another, essentially a year yeah, it's After really that. weird that it just sat there for a while. That's the thing I don't get. Now, granted, it's not a perfect movie. It's not uh, It's not a knee slapper like you might expect no. uh, from the title because, again, going back to Everybody Wants Some, the title, we know that song from watching Better Off Dead. So you hear, mm. Everybody Wants Some, and you hear that song, and you're like, oh, this is what this movie's going to be about. It's going to be wild and crazy and intense, mm-hmm. and that's not what you get. This isn't School of Rock Mm-mm. grown up. Right. Mm-hmm. This is something totally different. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know. I, I think the studios probably did not have high hopes on this movie if they tried to do a wide release. So they released it as an art film and did limited locations yeah. or a limited um, um, theater uh, release. I don't know. It's uh, right now it has a nice Metacritic score of 88, mm-hmm. I think, which is uh, pretty good. Um, but um, I don't know. Um, I was really surprised that it that it sat around for so long. 
Yeah, and maybe it was just like it kind of falls into that college teen movie genre and they didn't think it was really super strong as what people would expect from that. I mean, you look at stuff like Neighbors, like mm-hmm. I mean that's that I mean college age type thing where you kind of get like young adult stuff in there as well. Um but I mean that is just crazy over the top stuff and not this this is I mean it's still pretty there's a lot of crazy college party stuff but not extraordinary things that you've never seen at a college party you know mm-hmm. it's pretty like realistic to mm-hmm. a college party I feel like right um and so you don't get over the top humor you kind of get this realistic ish look at what college probably was like in the 80s, especially for baseball players and the popular kids on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, but it's not it's not like old school or I'm just trying to think of anything or, um, um, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, any of any of those kind of, even those old college movies, you know, it's nothing like those. It's not, right. like, it's not like Animal House. Right, right, right. You know, so, yeah, maybe they just didn't, I mean, they could have not had a lot of faith in it because they're like, it, well, it, I mean, it, if you look at it, his track it's, record, it's reviewed well. If you look at his track record, most of his films, most of his films do not crack $10 million mm. in, in uh, uh, United States box office. Yeah. Most of his films worldwide, most of his films worldwide do not crack $10 million at the box office. The biggest exception and the thing that really got people looking at him again was School of Rock with uh, Jack Black, mm-hmm. where he directed that. That made $131 million. But most of them, uh, after that, you've got... Um, da, 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 45 million, did I see 44 million on boyhood, 34 million on bad news bears. That's the remake. Yeah. And then 23 million on before midnight, everything else be beyond that. I guess before sunset had 15 million, everything else is 10 million or less. Mm. So, you know, he's not somebody that is your go-to person for big Hollywood productions. No. He's your art house director. And he's got stories yeah. to tell about interesting characters. Mm-hmm. And I think he does that. And I think he does that in this this movie. I was somewhat disappointed in it. I would I would agree with what the Metacritic score of, uh, sorry, Rotten Tomatoes score of 88%. I'd say, yeah, this is a high B. Mm-hmm. But this is not something that blew my mind mm. like maybe Dazed and Confused did when I first saw it, you know, years ago. So. Oh, yeah. I don't think this is like a revolutionary film on the genre. I thought it was a it was a good watch and something I would watch again in the future, but nothing extraordinary mm-hmm. is really done in this film. Even if you look at cinematography or you know storytelling, it's it is a solid movie mm-hmm. that does explore characters and is limited in the scope of characters that is able to portray. As we talked like with female characters, but it does do an interesting and good job I thought of portraying that type of macho dude character and giving another dimension to those from mm-hmm. what we've seen as previous films but it's not like the big film of the year or no, anything no, or no. like the like it's breaking new ground and right. anything right no it's not yeah so um do you think that the director grew from the previous film from uh, and confused I mean it's so growth? hard like I've missed I'm so many films in between. You've probably this. seen School of Rock. I guess I, I didn't know that was for something. Like that, but yeah. I have seen School of Rock a couple times, and, and I enjoy. Um, but nothing else by him, I believe. So, um, what I think, I mean, I do think he told characters in a more interesting way mm-hmm. overall. I mm-hmm. thought all of the characters had a more interesting depth than when we saw in Days and Confused, which is definite growth. Besides that, though. 
um, you know, cinematography, pretty straightforward, like Days and Confused. Um, nothing production-wise in general that is super interesting. I mean, he got people to play baseball, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Of the two, which one would you recommend? Days are Confused or Everybody oh, Wants Some? That's hard. Um, I guess it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for like American film culture mm-hmm. and how influential, like you have to go watch Days and Confused because it sets up a lot. I mean, that's like early Linklater's career, and he's mm-hmm. been very influential in this kind of independent type scene and gone on and done some big things. Um, so that's definitely, and you get to see a lot of big name actors now oh, yeah. in, in early roles. And so right. that's really interesting. And there's still a lot of good in Days of Confused that is interesting to talk about and dissect. Um, if you, I think, are just wanting more of a good time, maybe, watch this movie because it, I think it definitely is goofier. Like the characters are a lot weirder in this film and they even talk about how weird they are essentially and embracing the weirdness as like a picture or something like just be weird because right, like right. everyone thinks you're weird anyway so just be you and be weird right right um um and so i think the characters overall are funnier and everybody wants some but and so yeah so it just depends what you want you want funnier characters watch everyone some if you want to see people early in their career um director and actor and see how it potentially could influence a lot of uh, directors and movies after it, then Days of Confused is definitely what you should watch. All right, cool. Uh, next week on uh, Zach on Film, ready for this, Zach? Yeah, okay. Shaft, 1971, John Shaft is the <laughs> ultimate in suave black detectives. He finds himself um, up against uh, uh, Bumpy, the leader of the black crime mob, then against black nationals, and finally working with both against the white mafia who are trying to blackmail Bumpy by kidnapping his daughter. Now, why would we watch Shaft? Shaft? I think is that, you should, is that right? I, Am yeah. I getting that mm-hmm. right? Okay. I think you should watch it. I think there's some interesting things as we look at the genre of black exploitation films. Uh, I think that this is probably one of the better slash best examples of black exploitation films and what comes out of this genre of the 70s is in how studios are trying to um lure other audiences into the theaters mm-hmm. so it's and it's an interesting story and if you need uh any other reason to uh understand the song better <laughs> than i think you should watch shaft from 1970 well that is definitely an interesting choice you know you're in october you think oh what's steven gonna make me watch because he loves it when i'm scared uh, and the answer apparently is Shaft. It's Shaft. <laughs> you don't have to be scared. That's a good movie. Okay, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, when did it come out? 71. 71, yeah, okay. year so. after I was born. All right, so that's a, a little jump back, but that'd mm-hmm. be fun. That'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so everyone get ready for some Shaft next week on Zach on Film. In the meantime, you can head to Majorspoilers.com where you can find podcasts like this and so much more. It'll fill your entire week of audio listening. You'll enjoy it so much. Go over there, find your podcast you love and uh, enjoy it through your headphones. Uh, while you're there, go to the Amazon.com where you could probably find everybody wanting some on maybe Blu-ray. It may, maybe too early right now. Or you can find um, Shaft or any other great movies you want to watch. Um, it's not going to cost you any extra when you use that link, but a little bit of that money won't go to Jeff Bezos and his Blue Origin <laughs> project. It'll stay right here at Major Spoilers. Yeah, keep it here on Earth, man. Yeah, on Earth. Um, making Major uh, Spoilers podcast that you'd love, so it helps that way. Um, but Steven, the Patreon is something new maybe someone hasn't heard about. 
Yeah, if you like our work and you'd like to see it continue, head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. It's a nice way of saying thank you. Puts a little bit uh, back into the production of all of the shows that we do week after week in the entire operation here at Major Spoilers. Patreon.com slash major spoilers. Uh, you can give as much as you want and get a little back in return and uh, go to sleep knowing that your favorite podcasts are going to continue yeah, week love, after week. I love Patreon. It, you know, I love seeing when it says like, hey, you supported this season, these podcasts this month. Yep. Uh, it's a great service. We are at 69 patrons as of this recording. Uh-oh. I'm hoping next week when we come back, we're at 75. Ooh, Minimum. Goal. Yeah. Goal, people. Get out there and help Major Spoilers. Uh, but next week, we're talking Shaft on Zekon Film. This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.